0: Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.
1: Grace Hoffert has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Grace. Get a commercial free version of the show and more by becoming a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, February 11th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Sarah Lane uh, was going to be with us, but she got called away. Uh, she will be back tomorrow. But Roger and I are going to do our best to help you understand the technology world today. Uh, we've got some really interesting topics, including some good healthcare topics to get to. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. RSA's Data Privacy and Security Survey for 2019 found that while people enjoy personalized services, respondents did not want them at the expense of privacy. 17% of respondents viewed tailored advertisements as ethical. Uh, That that means if you can do the math, that 83% didn't. And 24% said personalization to create tailored news feeds is also ethical. That, again, means 76% didn't. Samsung released a teaser for its February 20th Unpacked event. The video shows words being folded and the phrase, the future unfolds. Who knows what it could mean? We'll probably get Galaxy S phones. Now we're getting a foldable. They're definitely doing a foldable phone. We'll we'll see it. Who knows when we'll get it, but we'll see it. India's Parliamentary Committee on Information Technology issued a summons to Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey for February 25th. The CEO did not appear for a meeting with the committee on February the 11th. He set representatives, but he didn't appear. The meeting was meant to discuss protecting citizens' rights on social media and online news platforms ahead of the upcoming parliamentary elections. Uh, failure to appear on the 25th by Dorsey could be seen as a breach of parliamentary privilege, according to the committee's chairman. So they're trying to get serious to get Jack in the door. And OnePlus says it will show off a prototype of a 5G phone at the Qualcomm booth during Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, starting February 25th. Attendees will be able to try a demo of 5G gaming on the prototype. All right. Reddit confirmed a $300 million Series D round of funding that valued the company at $3 billion dollars. $150 Hundred fifty million of that three hundred million new funding came from Chinese company Tencent, and Reddit exploded. Uh, Reddit is majority owned by Condonast, has raised five hundred fifty million in funding, so this this three hundred million dollar round is is a big chunk of the funding it's raised over the course of its existence, and it's been around for more than a decade. Uh, and one hundred fifty million is a big chunk of that funding as well. TechCrunch reported the Tencent investment over the weekend before it was confirmed. And Reddit users posted all kinds of reactions, including some protests, uh, images that a lot of people thought might upset Chinese censors to kind of stick it to Tencent. Reddit is blocked in China. You can't get it uh, beyond the Great Firewall. And Tencent, just so you know, is also an investor in hundreds of companies outside of China. Tesla, Snapchat are also recipients of funding from Tencent. So uh, the one thing I wanted to do when we, we brought up this topic, Roger, is point out to people like, hey, you know, it's funny to be like, oh, hey, Tencent, you, because you're a Chinese company, contributed to the great Chinese firewall and the censorship there, which is true. Tencent isn't the only one. Every Chinese technology company has contributed to that firewall. You can't exist in China without doing that. It is run by the Chinese government, though. It's not run by Tencent. Uh, But okay, that's fine. So put some Winnie the Pooh uh, images up because those were images that had been censored in China last year. Okay, you know, uh, that that's fair. That's what Reddit's all about. I'm all for that. But some folks were saying that that Tencent by by Reddit taking this money, they're they're somehow uh funding the Chinese firewall. Certainly by taking money from any Chinese company anytime, Tesla, Snapchat, or otherwise, you're tangentially uh sending some kind of return eventually into China. That is true. But Tencent's a multinational company. Uh, They have offices in Silicon Valley here in California. Uh, They have offices all over the world. They make WeChat. They make uh, television movies, television and movies. Uh, They do financial investments. And that's the arm. It's a separate arm of the company that is doing the investor investments here. That's putting the money into Reddit. So I'm I'm not trying to tell you what to believe one way or the other. If you're, you're mad at Reddit for taking this money, there are reasons to be mad. But I just hope that... If you are critical you you have all the information and you're not believing something isn't happening that is
2: you know it, it's in this day and age it's really hard, you know for a lot of people it's hard to separate the nationality of the company from the company's business right you know whether it's uh Microsoft dominating as like the the American imperialist in in Europe taking over operating systems all across Europe or whatever there there's a there's a kind of a knee jerk reaction. Which isn't, you know, which isn't most times isn't fair to the company because, as you said, the Tencent needs to operate under Chinese rules because if you didn't, you wouldn't be operating in China. Um, But at the same time, I think, and this isn't a this this isn't a, a, a jab at China, but like in countries in general, I think there oftentimes is a desire to kind of plant the flag on companies as as an as an emblem or a symbol of the country, right? So, you know, you take certain companies with you on your trade mission to whatever part of the world that you're going to. And, you know, in certain cases, like, for for example, the whole uh, Justice Department case against Microsoft, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they said, no, you can't access our, our Irish servers because they're in Ireland, even though they're Microsoft servers. Just because we're an American company doesn't mean you get access to that content. <laughs> But you know, there's a thinking in a political circles, well it's it's you're one of us if you're one of us you got to run by our rules like well, no well and
1: and that's also a great example a great counter example where uh, if you might think oh microsoft is a us company so they're going to carry out whatever the us government wants right that would be the same thing as saying 10 cents a chinese yeah. company they're going to do whatever the chinese government wants uh and microsoft didn't now the counter argument to that is china has a lot more influence and control over its companies uh than the us government does that doesn't mean they have full control and and the other thing i want to make sure we we point out there's a difference between huawei whose founder and CEO has connections to the people's liberation army. Uh, they may be overstated, but they are definitely connections. Uh, so, so there's a clear line that you could follow there to say, well, maybe you know he's in close conversation. Tencent isn't like that uh, any more than any other Chinese company. So again, not not trying to excuse anything or say there isn't smoke where or there isn't fire where you might see smoke, uh, but just be just the fact that Tencent Ventures is putting money into Reddit doesn't mean anything on its own. Uh, you're going to have to find some other connections and facts for it to have any influence. And and again, Reddit owned by Condonast, majority owned. Uh, Reddit has $400 million of funding from other companies. Uh, even if Tencent wanted to have influence on Reddit, it's not likely they can have a lot of influence anyway. So. Yeah. U.S. President Donald Trump is signing the American AI Initiative to promote development of artificial intelligence in the United States. The plan asks federal agencies to prioritize AI in their budgets. It does not add funding, but it does say, like, bump it up in line. Give it some money out of the money you already have. It orders data and processing power to be made available for AI researchers orders the creation of ethical standards and encourages cooperation with other countries, although within the, you know, protecting the interests of the United States. It also asked agencies to create fellowships and apprenticeships to prepare workers for changes to the job market caused by AI. Now, it's all in the enforcement. It's all in how this gets carried out, whether this actually ends up being a good or a bad initiative. But, Roger, I have to say, this: these principles are the right principles to put into place, if you ask me. I I they definitely are, and
2: um, but like with as with all things, you know the first step is great, but it 's the subsequent steps that you take that determine whether or not what you start out of the gate as uh, holds up right whether i mean there's there 's no funding and and some of the things are kind of vague uh, but overall it, it, it's it 's a nice sounding piece of of policy. But as you know, but as you said, like how what does it look like in a year's time, two years' time? Is yeah. there gonna be more funding? Is there gonna be some sort of locus like some kind of focus that companies can kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, zero in on, or is it just gonna be like you know just kind of a let's throw everything against the wall and see what sticks, or is this just, hey, let me write something that everyone's gonna be be happy about, even though there isn't any kind of uh, uh, real continuing uh, push or drive? On that track, so I mean, it's it's a great great first step. I would like to see the other steps that follow.
1: I think uh, if you go through point by point, uh, the, you know the potential pitfalls. Prioritizing the AI in the budget, uh, where a lot of countries just add funding to support AI, may look at first like a bad idea. If it's actually knocking other priorities off, it could be good for AI, it could be bad for other priorities. That's one of the downfalls. Or saying prioritize it may not actually get the money earmarked because it's not funded. Uh, I could see that happening as well. Uh, ordering data and processing power to be made available for researchers. That is uh, almost entirely positive from what I could tell as long as it's done. Uh, creation of ethical standards. Again, this isn't going to make the ethical standards, but getting uh, the government involved in talking with academics about that is good. We need more of that. We've seen other companies call for that. So so this is uh, good for it to, to continue that effort to create ethical standards around AI uh, and, and creating fellowships and apprenticeships to prepare workers for changes to the market caused by AI is exactly what I think should be done. Uh, you, it's not that AI isn't going to have an effect on the, on the workplace. Uh, it is, but it's identifying those areas where it will, because it won't affect all areas and figuring out how do people make the transition. Uh, again, that might need some funding, uh, but at least beginning to create those things yeah. and encouraging those things is a good
2: thing. And it, again, it's this on the face of it sounds great. I would like to see what it looks like in a year or two years, uh, to see if that, if this, this, this drive, uh, continues.
1: All right, IDC put out their numbers for smartphones in China. uh, And as in other analyst reports, Apple's shipments declined. IDC puts the decline at 19.9% in China in Q4. uh, But it rose in the rankings. Apple's now the number four. Uh, Xiaomi uh, shipments fell 34.9% and dropped to number five. Overall smartphone shipments in China fell 9.7%. The entire smartphone market in China is cooling off. Huawei bucked the trend and rose 23.3%. Oppo and Vivo sort of bunked the trend. Oppo rose 1.5%, Vivo 3.1% respectively catalyst estimates came out january 28th and were pretty much similar to this we told you about them on daily tech news show back on january 28th catalyst showed a larger decline overall they said it was a 14 percent decline whereas idc is calling it a a 9.7 percent decline in the smartphone market in china uh also uh showed a slight decline for oppo instead of a a slight rise which idc shows but really I, I saw a lot of headlines today saying more bad news for Apple, and I wanted to point out to people it's not more bad news. It's, it's the same echoing bad news. the same bad news we heard back on January twenty eighth, and it's honestly not all that bad news because the market in general is declining, and Apple isn't declining as fast as Xiaomi. So you know, there's there's a tiny bit of good news in there for Apple, I guess.
2: Um, and you know, and like we said last time, this just this is just a broader trend of a market that's matured, and and you know, consumers don't feel that don't feel that compelled uh to upgrade as often uh as they have uh maybe in uh, years past so it, it's it's you know it's 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 going to take a shift on on um, the business side of you know how do you develop these products or do you just want to have you know a new shiny bright hardware or do you want to move slowly into services where you can continually sell uh into it uh, over time instead of people just kind of sitting on what they have
1: Yeah. And and I know it's it's tempting uh, and it's not wholly unjustified uh, to look at whether China's economy as a whole slowing down is the cause or or maybe the trade conflict with the United States is the cause. And those do contribute to this. I personally think that the more important thing here is that even without a slowing economy and trade conflicts, uh, China would be saturated. Uh, The smartphone markets uh, in Europe and the United States have slowed down too. So really, if you're a smartphone maker, you've got to be looking at India, sub-Saharan Africa, uh, and and maybe a few other places to figure out where you want to grow if you want to continue to grow. Apple announced that health records on iPhone will soon allow... I'm sorry, uh, I got ahead of myself. Let's talk Microsoft first. Microsoft published a 42-second video teaser for its press event at Mobile World Congress February 24th. It shows a lot of amorphous blobs and fibers, some of which could be wires or processors, but who knows? What it really does is look like something you might see in VR, or maybe AR. And it has everyone assuming it'll have to do with HoloLens too, But... You can't tell anything from this video. More indicative is the previously known fact, and we've mentioned this on the show before, that among the speakers at the event is Microsoft technical fellow Alex Kipman, who is involved in HoloLens. Uh, so, I mean, this video doesn't make me think that that won't happen, but I don't know, Roger. I, 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 could you tell anything from this, you know, growing cords and and ice cubes that turn into things that might look like processors? Um,
2: it could pave the way for some sort of... I. Part of it is I'm looking at where they're going to introduce it, which is Mobile World Congress. So there mm-hmm. has to be some mobile s- smartphone. One would
0: think. I mean, I guess it doesn't I, have I mean, to be, I, it, it would make more sense to. if it was. Yeah, but, yeah. but it
2: makes sense that if it was some sort of, you know, it, it, could, be, it could be a HoloLens that, you know, that, you, you know, that connects to your smartphone. or
1: Wireless HoloLens. Yeah, or, or a
2: HoloLens that is a smartphone. Yeah. How awesome would that be? Or, or like the or Oculus not.
1: Go, right? It's just a yeah. self-contained unit.
2: Um and the melting could be like, hey, we're melting away your your previous inhibitions or connections.
1: There are a lot of it. wires in this thing for so like for something that should be mobile. They're showing a lot of wires <laughs> in this video. I know that's parsing it way too close, but um, um I think the upshot is that this video doesn't tell you anything.
2: No, it's it's basically telling you that Microsoft has a uh, a press announcement they're going to do a mobile world congress mm-hmm. and you should probably tune in if and you we want already to know that.
1: So. It really doesn't add anything to the conversation. But I would be I would be very excited to see HoloLens 2 uh, become something different than HoloLens and, and become not just a developer kit, but something that everybody uh, could get their hands on. So very curious to see. Apple announced, here we go, that health records on iPhone will soon let veterans receive care through the U.S. Veterans Health Administration to view medical records in the app. So if you're a veteran and you're getting your care through the VHA, uh, you'll be able to use an Apple app uh, to see all your medical records, something that not everybody who has uh, insurance uh, can get. This is the first consumer record-sharing platform used by the Veterans Administration, which currently provides service to 9 million veterans in the United States. Fitbit's also working with United Health to sell to seniors through private Medicare plans in 27 U.S. states. And Apple recently introduced an app for Apple Watch and iOS called Attain, meant for Aetna members. So if you're an Aetna member, you could you could get a similar thing. Uh, this this all pretty much showing that everybody's getting into the health technology platform slowly because it's such a complex uh, business. But it looks like Apple, who has said we want to become a services company and health is one of the sectors we want to move in, uh, is following up on what they said they'll do.
2: And uh, I do want to impress upon the audience that uh, this isn't a... Uh, uh, a, a kind of a business you go into lightly. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of legal uh, uh, liabilities involved with this, especially under HIPAA. And so HIPAA, I should say HIPAA is the filter I use on my vacuum cleaner, um, that, you know, it, it this, this shows that Apple is determined to be in this game, at least in this market, for, for at least a medium, if not longer term, because you don't make this kind of investment and decide a year later, no, I don't want to be in it anymore.
1: No, you don't. And and the, the flip side of that is once you're entrenched in this industry, I mean, one of the problems with the US healthcare system is the entrenched insurance companies uh, who have a lot of leverage. Once you're involved in this industry, you've got a nice, safe product line uh, that, that you can rely on. And you have a nice, safe revenue stream because everybody needs healthcare. And it's so hard to get in that it's hard, you know, competitors have a harder time going up against you. So when you're looking at that Apple bottom line, and you're paying attention to iPhone revenue and things like that don't forget that this is going to provide them a nice steady stream of revenue the more types of products like this they roll out and if and if they if they're successful of
2: like this becomes a, a you know it doesn't have to be a, 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 a you know a knock it out of the park kind of business but they they do well in it. they could look at to expand and doing back end stuff, which is kind of one of the big problems right now with uh, digital records and healthcare is you're relying on systems or if not a decade old like even older and you're you know you have all these mismatched things that you're trying to transfer over if they can kind of figure all that out that would be huge well, I mean that
1: that is essentially what they're doing with the VA here and then yeah and you know and no knock on the VA uh, you know they're you probably have various opinions about the VA depending on uh, how you deal with them and whether you're a veteran or not, but it's an old institution. It's, been, it's not new. It's not like cutting edge. It's not a startup. So it's probably not going to be the easiest client uh, to be able to get on a digital platform like this.
2: And uh, if you can figure out that Chinese puzzle, uh, you got the rest of it, I think, pretty well. Maybe
1: up. that's it. Apple doesn't need to figure out the Chinese puzzle about smartphones because they're going to get all this money from healthcare. Woohoo! Uh, And uh, in related news, Fitbit added two new fitness trackers to its website, the Fitbit Inspire and the Inspire HR. These are devices for corporate wellness health plans and health system partners, not for you, the consumer, to go buy. You can't get them unless you're a big company. Pricing will vary by employer and provider. They don't even put a price on them. The well, Fitbit says they'll be inexpensive, but uh, you you have to be a company that comes and says, yes, I want to give these to my employees to be able to find out how much it's going to cost you because they're at enterprise rates. The Inspire features basic activity and sleep tracking, supports call and text alerts, offers a monochrome touchscreen, water resistance to 50 meters and a five-day battery life. The Inspire HR which hilariously as an enterprise product makes me think it comes from human resources, adds 24 seven real time heart rate monitoring and a Silicon band. Uh, CEO James Park of of, of Fitbit told CNBC that 6.8 million patients, employee and health plan members incorporate Fitbits into wellness programs and company revenue is increasingly tied to business customers. So here is a company that is navigating those difficult waters that we mentioned earlier in a couple of different ways. We mentioned Fitbit in the Apple story as well in a different way. Uh, So they are the competitor for these dollars that Apple has out there and the pitch for them is a little bit different. It's less about services and more. Hey, uh, if you want your company employees to be healthier, give them a Fitbit, and that will that will help keep them healthy. At yeah. least that's the pitch. And you can track where
2: they are and what they do. <laughs> I, that's my sort it's it's interesting because uh, Fitbit was one of those like rising stars that everyone thought would be like they're going to own this market. In fact, they they already own this market, and uh, as we've seen. The marketplace is extremely fickle, uh, as Apple has uh, found out uh, with with uh, China, that, you know, things that seem to be on the trajectory don't often stay that way. You need to be flexible on your business model to adapt and to pivot uh, where you need to. And sometimes that isn't to another consumer product, but as Fitbit has found, it is business to business.
1: Yeah, no, I, and, and and I think we're going to see a lot of wearable Uh, Makers try this. Uh, They may or may not be successful. But, you know, the wearable market itself has not grown uh, at the rate that even tablets did, I don't think. Uh, Certainly not that we saw phones. So it is not the next coming of smartphones, but it is a valuable marketplace. And... (coughs) Apple has been very good at at selling its consumer watch based on some health and exercise plans. Fitbit kind of ran the exercise thing as far as they could, so they've got to try something else. And, and You know, and, what they're and, doing here.
2: in many respects, this is kind of what Detroit did with autom- uh, car sales, right? They did fleet sales because not mm. enough people were buying cars, but they could sell
1: X amount of block of, like, say, Ford Tauruses or whatever. Well, and, and to be honest, that's the future of car sales entirely. The idea is like, yeah. mm, you know individual ownership may may decline a lot more in the future but, but it's so
2: advantageous guess what i don't need to produce 12 different colors with custom options yeah. i can build it to one spec for a rental car company or you know a, a company like uber or lyft or whatever and i don't have to worry about you know just you know making individual models i can save.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI, with models at every point on the price-performance curve. You no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap
2: iPhone. I can produce more and maximize the amount of uh, you know, productivity per worker instead of kind of having, going back and forth.
1: Yeah. I mean, Fitbit's doing something slightly different from Apple. It's not as much of a, a health uh involved thing i'm i'm sure there's some hipaa compliance involved here but it's not providing access to your actual data right so it's no different than the data that you collect if you buy the fitbit as a consumer so a little bit easier i guess uh and and still you, you can get some big contracts if if you get employers on board we'll see if they do Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewshow.reddit.com It's where we get the ideas for a lot of the stuff we cover here. And it's important to see what you're interested in. So the more of you that get in there and submit stories and vote on them, the better. And you can discuss with other Facebook-minded people. I mean, people who are on Facebook who like the show at Facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Tech News Show. All right. Nate Langson is back with the text message podcast every sunday coming out of the uk and he's got a preview of what's happening on the
0: latest text message nate Thanks, guys. One of the most amazing bits of feedback I get about my podcast text message is that it gives North American listeners a huge amount of global context about topics they're already familiar with. This week, for example, we talked about the UK's tests of eight gigabit per second fiber optic broadband, one of our biggest phone networks being accused of violating net neutrality laws by overly compressing streaming videos, and a regulator banning hotel booking websites from pretending rooms are more popular than they are. All topics you'll know about in the US, but we can help explain how. They compare this side of the pond uh, do check out the latest episode 157 to hear about all those stories at techpodcast.uk you will also find some handy subscription links back to you
1: i really want to be one of those eight houses that has the eight gigabyte <laughs> per second fiber optic lines he was talking about uh you got to hear the show to find out where that is because i don't remember it uh, but uh, go go check it out techpodcast.uk
2: i want that I would so want that, but it would need to be reliable. Like if it's it'd be great to have 8 gigabytes per second, but if it's only up for like half the week and the other
1: time it's down for maintenance. Is it gigabytes or gigabits? I thought it was 8 gigabits per second. I think it was gigabits. I yeah, shouldn't say. I think gigabits. it's the speed, not the not the amount yeah. of download. All right, let's check out the mailbag. Andy Beach uh, sent us an, a note in Slack, an interesting aside to the conversation about Fortnite from last week. And he says, Scott has mentioned it was where kids now gather to talk, meaning Fortnite. I experienced this recently with my daughter, who's now eight and in second grade. She and her friends love a game called Roblox, R-O-B-L-O-X. It's somewhere between Minecraft and Fortnite. And I found out that she has been coming home from school. She and her friends hop on Roblox, go to the same location in the game, and help each other do their homework there. When they are done, they then plan the mini games or other adventures in the game for a while before saying goodbye. She'd been doing this for a few weeks before I caught on that this is what's happening. A funny aside to the story or confirmation that these games are, in fact, the chat rooms kids use for their daily lives. And I wrote back to uh, Andy. I was like, I'm most impressed that she got together in a game with her friends and did her homework with them. And he wrote back and said she had been in a, a homework assistance thing uh, in person, but she couldn't stick around anymore. She had to be able to come home, and this was their their virtual replacement for that.
2: So is this like uh, second life for kids or something? You know, it's funny because Roblox is very popular with my uh, wife's nephew, and they it's like all the the thing he he and his friends all play. Um, and it's interesting because I remember doing this back, you know, when I used to uh, play online. There were certain people you would meet over and over again, and you would just have a normal kind of, you know, casual. Uh, relationship where you just talk about stuff, you would have ongoing conversations But oh, hey, what's, what's going on in your life? And it was very interesting because I found it to be very much like going up, going into a bar or going, hovering around the water cooler. And you just kind of have this, <coughs> excuse me, yeah, discourse.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things about his story is that you you think the first time you're reading this or hearing it, uh, they're like, ah, I came home and found out my... My daughter was going into this game when, you know, as soon as she got home and meeting with her friends and you think it's going to be, so I had to tell her she had to do her homework. No, she was going into the game to do her homework. This was not get your homework done before you go into Roblox. This was go into Roblox to get help with your homework from your friends. So you're all learning more. I think that's pretty amazing.
2: I, it's pretty cool. And I think, you know, before the show, during the the good day internet portion, we were talking about like what the, what the future of, Uh, what would come after Facebook, right? Like what kind of, what would take the place? What would disrupt it? And it could be something like Roblox. It could be something like Fortnite where people are now engaging, connecting via uh, uh, an interactive experience instead of something that just amounts to a digital uh, yearbook.
1: Yeah, I could see that because a lot of what happens is your Twitters and your Facebooks come from folks seeing people using an existing tool in a new way. Right. Twitter was essentially saying, you know, people use text messages for this. What if we created a service that that was even better than using text messages for the for for group organizations or whatever? Facebook, sort of the same way. People use online forums for X. What if we made an even better online forum? Right. It's not that they were entirely new, but they found a new spin based on how people were using existing tools. So maybe there's something there. Maybe that next big startup idea comes from somebody realizing hey if kids are meeting up in games what if we made a game that did this better for kids i don't know local buddy local buddy you gotta listen to a good day internet by the way uh if you don't know we have an entire show wrapped around daily tech news show uh, called good day internet if you like to hear Roger and Sarah and I talk about stuff. Uh, We range beyond just the topics of conversation on the tech news. Uh, Sometimes we'll explore them in depth. Sometimes we'll, we'll talk about food or pop culture. Uh, It's called good day internet, and it is available exclusively as a perk for patrons at any level. Uh, You get an RSS feed for good day internet, and you can listen to it, or you can become a patron and just listen to the DTNS. They're both options available at patreon.com slash DTNS. Also, I don't have it with me today because I was actually wearing it outside earlier because it was a little chilly and this is warm. But there is a Daily Tech News Show beanie slash stocking cap slash uh, toque, whatever you call it, the warm knit thing that you put on your head in the winter available in the Daily Tech News Show store. I was walking around the other day and some guy yelled at me from his truck. I don't know if he was yelling, uh, Hey, love DTNS. Or if he was confused, but he gave me a thumbs up, so it was positive. I don't know. Your mileage may vary, but it will keep you warm. I can say it's a very comfortable hat. You can find it at dailytechnewsshow.com/slash store. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're live Monday through Friday at 4:30 p.m. Eastern, 21:30 UTC. You can find out more about that at dailytechnewsshow.com/slash live. Back tomorrow with Sarah Lane and Patrick Beja. See you then.
0: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. The Diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag,